Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, one and all. This is Bakabytes, a show where we talk about what we are watching this week in anime. I am your host, Frankfurter, and with me today is our morticious angel, Magically Average. Yeah, we went there, buddy. That's How you doing today? One of the more normal ones, honestly. Not really. Like, Morticious is like a dark, sad, like, sullen type person, but you're also an angel, so you're yeah. just like an emo angel. Like an angel of death. Mm, we're not watching that show. That was like two years ago. Mm. Three years ago? Three years ago. Something like that. I never finished it. I think I got really far into that show, too. I just never finished it. It sounds like Do us. you even know what I'm talking about? No. No. Oh. Yeah, that was a show. Um... How do I sum that one up? Little girl wants to die, meets a demon in like a labyrinth maze type thing, and asks him to kill her. He says no unless you could do something, which I forget. And then they go through a labyrinth of like crazy people and like defeat like the crazy demon people things in each floor. But it is, it's, it is not this season. That's not what we're here to talk about. We're here mm. to talk about we're at the halfway point of the wow it's not summer it's not spring it is fall 2021 it is so yeah so we are here to discuss our thoughts halfway through the season because there are a lot there are a lot of things i do want to say there's a lot of good and some bad um and just other kind of other thoughts in general i suppose but i do want to start with you like what what's the of the good the bad and the ugly what do you think is the ugly Oh man, the ugly. That's so hard this season cuz honestly, the in my opinion for this season it's been more surprises, like positive surprises than anything. If I had to pick an ugly out of all the shows I'm watching cuz to go through the list, I'm watching Talk Top Destiny, My Senpai is Annoying, Muruko-chan, 
the devil or the the vampire dies in no time pure pride of pure Ore, pride of orange which is the hockey anime uh mm-hmm. what else am i watching i know I'm, I'm watching one or two more i think uh jobless reincarnation yes. and Komi can communicate oh okay cool thank you yeah i'm watching those two <laughs> as well <laughs> um so i mean the ugly out of all of them it's gonna come back to bite me because i'm gonna make a comment about it later but i'd have to say is muruko chan only because i was not prepared for the amount of fan service in the show and it's definitely did it did this week's episode kind of go back to that well because i know last week you were saying that it, it there was almost none in there it wasn't which was a surprise and a good surprise at that yeah like it was a positive change it this week this last week's episode was hard because it was focused exclusively on hana the friend so because she's the ditzy friend who's without mincing words very well endowed and they they accentuate that in the show and they make it you know a very prominent thing when they're showcasing her character so the whole episode was focused on her but there wasn't like any weird awkward scenes of like bad angle shots or like again not to mince words or anything but like the wet t-shirts or anything like that like they didn't like go over the top but you know because it's an episode that's centralized around her and she's sort of the fan service character of the show like it's it's hard to avoid it i will say they did a really good job but when we originally watched the trailer and read the synopsis i i like fan service was sort of like the last thing i had imagined for the show i thought it was going to just be really creepy it was going to be really trying to focus around like this girl realizing what power she has figuring out ways to either cope with it or use it to her advantage which is kind of the angle that the show's going which is what i had predicted originally and i like didn't seem like fan service was necessary because i thought like just that premise alone was good enough to carry the audience through i mean it, it is for me but yeah, it left a kind of a sour taste in my mouth when I've watched the first few episodes and I was like, man, there's just, it's extensive. Like it, it goes over the top a bit in terms of the fan service. I tried to give it credit by saying it's trying to like pay a homage to like early campy horror films with the way they like set up these different spooky like jump scare scenes. So I, I think they were trying to do it a little bit, but then they kept kind of continuing on and on again it's going to come and bite me in you know in the butt later when i talk about the show in 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 another context but they have gone away from the fan service but it's definitely still there i'm just like again fingers crossed we're at the halfway point i'm just hoping that they don't make it a too much of a focal point in the plot moving along I'm hoping it's one of those things, kind of like how we talked about last week, how we hope that they take like a backseat with Najimi and Komi can't communicate, but in this instance, it's just the fan service more so uh, in just the whole show to begin with, I suppose. Yeah, well, and, and I'm glad, too, that they've actually developed uh, Hana's character more, too, because she was originally just portrayed as being like the clumsy big boobed girl who is just kind of a ditz and does weird stuff and says what's on her mind like aha fan servicey stuff but they've sort of transformed her character now into being like not the antithesis of what 
uh, Miko is in terms of like the aura that they have and and why certain demons get attracted and she can see the demons or the spirits versus Hana who can't because she's got this really positive bright aura like I like how they've actually like incorporated some actual character development there and and then obviously it plays into the storyline too with Miko being able to see these creatures and the purpose behind it and how can she exercise them things like that so like I'm I'm glad they've done that with the character because we had talked about it with Najimi too like we're hoping that they move away from the gotcha aspects of Najimi and focus more on just that character being chaotic and like you know just a pure ball of like energy and craziness so that's yeah. sort of what I'm seeing with Hana's character too which again positive but yeah, I would Which say I think after I think after this last episode of Comey, we we have a little less to worry about and kind of my thoughts of where the show is going, but yeah, I I understand what you're saying. Yeah. So, that's probably like the only ugly piece of the season, which I mean, that alone should say a ton about how well this season has gone so far in terms of the shows that I'm watching at least. Um I have like no regrets. None of them have been chopped off at the three episode point. So two thumbs up yeah. from this guy. Nice. Yeah, I can't say that I haven't chopped shows off and more so I chopped two shows off that one at episode one and one ep- episode two. Uh, Platinum End, I stopped watching after the first episode. I saw that and I was just like, you know what? Not maybe I'll enjoy it. Maybe like, you know, college me would have enjoyed it. Something like that. But today... No, I probably I'm not I'm not going to spend my weeks or you know watching this show. So I would say for me Platinum End was something that was a little not necessarily disappointing. I kind of knew what I was getting myself into knowing that it's from the creator of Death Note. Um which that alone the Digimon Dark Saga whatever it was. I was just like, "Eh, this is it's just not as much or as dark as I wanted it, I guess." And more so like this is a lot more confusing than I ever thought it would be. I mean, you should have expected Platinum End to be that because it was from the creator of Death Note. Just, just yeah, saying. Just I, it out I know, I know. But the five shows that I am watching, which is uh, Mushoku Tensei, Jobless Reincarnation, Komi Can Communicate, Blue Period, Talked Off Destiny, and Ranking of Kings, which I am caught up on. Um, Of those five, I'd say the ugly would probably just be Talked, honestly. Wow! Out of those, <laughs> out of those Whoa. five, I'm enjoying talk to the least. Okay. And after, and after this week, like it was kind of just more of the same. It's like a little bit of plot progression of like, hey, we're going to New York. Oh, we have a pit stop, and oh, we met these new characters, and the person who's probably the big bad that knows what's going on behind the scenes, but doesn't want to give anything away. You know, doing things to like, oh, I'm saving the world, but I'm not actually saving the world. I'm, I'm just a villain. I feel like we met that character and just, I don't know, to me, I'm not super impressed with how the, not necessarily the pacing, the pacing is fine. I don't know. Like, okay, don't get me wrong. Talked is a good show. I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. However, of the other four shows that I have said, which were Jobless Reincarnation, Comey Can't Communicate, Blue Period, and Ranking of Kings, Talked is on the lowest of the five. No, I mean because I, I can just see like that. the other the other shows bring stuff to the table that like I guess in my instance are itching the scratches that I want. Yeah, but also for the fact that I feel like talk started out so strong, so prevalent with its music and everything, and they like 
they had a decent scene with uh with music this week, but it wasn't super great. I feel like it's just kind of played it safe a bit more these past few episodes than anything. Yeah, no, I can see that. I was gonna say I can I I can agree with you about it's not the pacing. It's I think the progression of the story itself. Because when you watch the first episode, you don't think it's going to be six episodes of them traveling and just kind of going city to city and meeting random characters. You think like, oh, it's going to be much bigger and grandiose, like hitting up very large cities and and just focusing in there versus like the actual travel time and meeting all these ancillary characters. So I can see that. Like, I, I, I get where you're coming from. I think yeah. you're wrong. I think you're dumb for That's thinking fair. that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but again, like I, the season is chock full of really good shows, and we said it last week or two weeks ago that basically whatever genre you like in your anime, you've got at least one, potentially two stellar shows that can fill that craving for you. If it's isekais, if it's I, I don't even know what you like. Etchies? Just action adventure. Action adventure. What? Slice of life, right? Yeah, slice like, of life tons. is fucking just absolutely killing it right now. Tons of slice. Because, like, life. I would just to kind of even keep going, like, good, bad, and ugly, bad, I would just say is blue period. And by no means is that show bad. Every week I'm like, hell yeah, this is great. I fucking love this show. But of jobless, Comey, blue period, and ranking, blue period, number four. Number four in there. Yeah. Like, it is a very, very good show. And I actually, like, I'm really enjoying it. I want to buy the source material and just kind of read further. But, like, compared to the other three shows, which we'll get into, I guess, a little bit later. Like, Mm -hmm. this show, to me, stellar. But there are three shows I'd rather watch. Which is insane to think about. Yeah. I mean, my... Because that's that's just this season. This season is just a powerhouse. Oh, yeah. Like, this is another spring 2021 and winter 2021. Like, winter and spring were great. Summer, we both agreed, kind of just, yeah, it was fine. But fall has really fucking stepped up a notch. Yeah. And, I mean, my bads, because I'm kind of in the same boat with you, my bads would be The Vampire Dies in No Time and my hockey show. Um, Both of which I, I like. Now, I will say with The Pride of Orange... It, it's it's going to be lost on you if you don't like hockey because it is the complete opposite of your remain your water polo my, show my water polo show which yeah. I have yet to finish yeah I saw it sitting there when I was eating dinner today I was like you know what it's maybe I should watch you. an episode and just and just talk about it I was like no 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 we'll we'll leave that for a rainy day and watch and we can talk about that later but um, smart choice yeah that's a smart choice yeah no that show is a fucking clusterfuck of a dumpster fire and more (laughs) so anything else that i've ever watched which is i mean and that's why i was so scared for pride of orange because it's it's one of those shows where it's like i my love is ice hockey i played it ever since i was three years old so i i'd never seen an ice hockey anime before and then lo and behold i get one for fall 2021 and it's like you want it to be really good because you have a, a love and passion for a sport that you like and you want to see it portrayed in as best possible way as it can in an anime. And for me, again, kind of going back to what I was saying originally, like as someone who likes hockey, it's great. I love it. Like the, I like how they use 
like hockey lingo. I like how they really build the ice rink environment, like from the locker room, like how like everything is styled to the actual rink itself, to the stands. It's like super cool. I also, they, the animation's pretty good for hockey as well, which is very fast paced and back and forth. So I think it's good. As a regular show, it's not great. So that's why it's like in the bad category. But again, if you like hockey, it's it's actually fairly good. Um, yeah, it's one of those shows that you like. You wait like a couple episodes come out, then you watch it, and you're like, okay, I got my fill for a week. Now I'll wait a few more weeks before I watch it again. Yeah, yeah. For me though, like just because it's hockey, I'm like, all right, I want to see how this goes because the, the story is kind of interesting too. How they're building up a team and um, getting new players and how they're coming on the team. So it, it's 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 fun. And then the vampire dies in no time. Super funny show. Art's very interesting and unique. Uh, it's again, it's like a very noir, like LA noir kind of detective stylistic choice, which is interesting. But uh, I it, it fits the the vibe of the show. Music is also great. It's just really fast, and it's very like comedy, 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 laugh, 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 ha ha ha, like like kind of all up in your face at times, which is off putting. But also, like, you know, it's it's you you end up laughing still. So, like, you can't hate it too much. But it's yeah. in my bad category just because, again, like, for me, it's I there's Mashuko Tensei and Komi and Takt and my senpai is annoying, like, that are all in a different category well above that. But that's not to say that the two shows I just mentioned aren't good. It's just it's hard to compete against some of these shows this season. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I like you put two in your bad and a part of me wants to put another one in there, but you, I, I honestly can't. I mean, the remaining three are jobless well, Comey and ranking of Kings. And I think I'm watching, honest, I'm watching two or three more shows than you right now. Like I'm I'm going crazy right now. I still have to catch up on Aquatope and the great Jahi, too. Like I have, that's fair. I I have, I fell off great Jahi. I think I got like four or so episodes and it's not because I didn't like it. I just didn't find the time or didn't find myself wanting to watch the next episode yeah not to say it was a bad show like i really enjoyed what i watched but um yeah i know you're watching a few more than me and i just told you before we went live i actually ended up starting uh sakugan which is the show on crunchyroll which by the way we need to get better about saying where we can watch these um apologies but yeah so Sakugan is a show on Crunchyroll. I thought it was a girl and Logan alike, and somebody was like, no, 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 no. You need to watch this. This is very good. I was like, okay, fine. I watched episode one. I'm I'm giving it the three-episode try. Like, it's a very good show. The world is pretty well laid out in episode one, and the characters are pretty well developed in episode one. It's just a matter of, okay, now we're on to this grand adventure. What's going to happen? So I really enjoyed it. So it's it'll be interesting to see where I kind of put that in the final rankings this season. But, um, yeah, I can't really say I could put another one of those three shows in bad. Like, I'd rather put them in the good slot. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, I think this fits into your the general makeup of the three remaining shows for you, too. But the ones that are in my good category are all different genres for the most part. Like they have, they're categorized under the same sort of, I guess, general category of a what it, like uh, anime, but they they are 
they have unique differences that I think make them something to where like you yeah. can watch you can watch them both and, and feel like you're watching two different shows and not just watching like oh this is just another slice of life. So Yeah, and I feel you on that, especially with my three. Like all of them like one is definitely a slice of life. Jobless is definitely an isekai, but it, you know, you can throw that into action adventure. Ranking of Kings Everybody, y'all sleeping on this show. If you're not watching the show, go fucking watch this show. Like, if you need a good cry, go watch this show. Like, it's an action-adventure type show, but it's also just really fucking sad. It's really good, but really sad because it revolves around this, you know, deaf and mute kid. And despite how he's being raised, because everybody around him, except for his actual dad, who, spoilers, in episode two, he passes away. Like, everybody around him is failing him, despite showing so much potential he has as a person. So it's one of these things that it's just like, it is so good, but so sad because of how all these people treat him and how they kind of just fuck him over. It's such a good show. Go watch Ranking of Kings. It's on Funimation. Um, But I would put that probably at the number two show of the season. Like I'd go number three jobless, number two ranking and number one Comey. Like I'm, I love jobless. Like I have continued ahead as to where we're at right now with the source material. Actually, I've nearly caught up with the source material. I think I have like eight chapters left to catch up on. Wow. Which is not a lot in retrospect that can be done in like, I mean, depending on how fast of a reader you are and how much action there is, Anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour. But I would say that Jobless would be in my number three slot. And it's not anything because of what the show is doing. I would say that the pacing was a little odd in the very beginning. But after reading ahead and after the past episode or two couple episodes, I think that the pacing is going to get a lot better. But it also just, I kind of spoiled myself by reading ahead and just knowing what comes next and how well paced out that is, that I'm like, okay, I understand kind of why they're taking these liberties and why they're going quickly through some of this stuff. It's very good. But um, just in general through the show and the source material, like there are some minor differences, but they all lead to the same major plot points, which we discussed kind of earlier today. And I think that that it doesn't necessarily hurt it, but it definitely, like, it could... I don't understand why it wasn't put into the actual show, because the one that I discussed with you is this past episode. Mm-hmm. Paul finds his old buddy who used to be in his clan, which I don't know if that's explained in the show, but, like, the original clan Paul was a part of, one of the guys in it is the friend that they were, tra- like, was traveling with Rudy and everybody else. He was a part of the original clan. Finds Paul is like, oh, how'd it go? And in the show, they kind of discuss it. And he's like, oh, like they talk it through. And then that's how he changes Paul's minds of like, hey, your son's been through some shit. He has had no chance to think about anything else except for survival. So while he may have been excited he was on an adventure, the kid put up with so much shit that you don't even know. While in the source material, they talk for a little bit and the guy's like, hey, follow me. And he takes them to the sewer and they fight like a B-level monster and it like, you know, kind of cu- catches him off by surprise. And he's like, yeah, your son was facing much worse than this on the demon con- like demon continent. There's no way he had the chance to even think about anything else other than survival. 
and that's what changes his mind in the source material. So I don't know if these little change like they both get to the same point, but I think these little changes are just different, and I don't know if it's because it's budgetary, or they just don't have enough time to animate the action or what. But I do wish that some of the changes were like included like that because I think it would be a little bit more impactful than just talking. But overall, I love Jobless. Like, I'm really excited to see where they go with it and see how far they continue it after this season because I think there's a there's enough source material to get through another season, assuming they end where I think they end. If they don't end where I think they end, then maybe they have enough for about a half a season. But if they fly through the source material like they kind of have been, then they, they won't have enough material because I think they are... They're either at the end of volume 8 or 7, I can't remember, and there are 13 volumes out currently. So hmm. it'd be pushing it. But, I mean, what would be season 2 is very dense, so I think they can make a season 2 out of it pretty much immediately if they wanted to, but we'll see if they do that. But I, I'm really enjoying it. I, I I love the show. I love the source material. Like I'm, I'm excited to see what little minor changes there are between the two. Yeah. So out of my four, because I think we're on to the good now and kind of like discussing yes, and ranking. So my four goods are to do my own refresh too, because <laughs> I don't forget, are talked. My Senpai is Annoying, Komi, and Bushuko Tensei. I think my fourth would probably be talked. For as much as I talk about it and for much as I admire the animation and the music and how they marry all these different elements into this show, I I will say that the progression of the story, and we had hit up you had hit on it earlier too, is it just feels a little off. It feels like they're trying it to It feels safe. It feels safe. They took really big risks and liberties with the first like episode or two, and then like the last few episodes have just been very safe. Well, it, for me, it's been a, it's been eye opening because I'm trying to figure out what they want to focus more on. Because in the first episode, it was battles, like fighting D twos. And trying music. to right, and well, yeah, well, music is a part of the fighting, right? Like that's. And that's you see elements of that in these in the last you know basically three episodes really of talked understanding more of how he can control and guide destiny or Cosette um, while they're fighting like and actually being a conductor like he's learning how to actually incorporate that style into the battle so I'm like okay cool they're gonna focus on the battle. But then it's like they're also trying to do the world building of them traveling across and finding these different towns and going through the backstory of like why these towns are in existence and what troubles are going through. This last one was like, no pun intended, a slight derailment from that because it does take place like on a train. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, listen, you come up with something a synonym for derailment, okay? Uh, but they're like on a train and it's traveling through and stuff. So it's like, it's slightly different because there's no city. They're just in the desert, but they're heading to New Orleans. So you expect like, okay, they're going to get to this other big city and there's going to be some turmoil of some kind there within the city. They're going to find friends, yada, yada, yada. So like you're, it's not 
like it's it's not like it's predictable but you're just kind of waiting for these next sequences to occur whereas in the beginning i was thinking oh man it's going to be really cool to see these battles to see are they going to drive the d2s back are they going to team up with the symphonica are there some like internal struggles with symphonica because they kind of hit on it early on with the original fair that took place when the d2s attacked and and that's when cosette lost her life and talked lost his arm like you're like ooh, is there going to be some kind of power struggle with the symphonica because they kind of did some foreshadowing there like there's all these really cool elements but yeah to your point it does seem like they're kind of playing it safe by just slowly building out the world and and really hammering home like okay here's how you control a music art here's what a music art is your music art is broken we gotta fix it Here's what you can do. Here's your battling. Oh, but Here's... she's special. She's unlike any others that there are. And yeah. You don't... Well, and, like, and even this new character, too, the, the the commander who's basically like sort of like the internal bad guy, gives off bad guy vibes. Like, he has two music arts, and you find out, like, oh, well, a music art can act on their own, but their power gets depleted quicker if they're not synced or, or aligned with a conductor. And then the commander's music art who her name is hell and she's a badass she's like i want to see more of her she's super cool it's basically just tells talk like you know you can just go up to that other music art we have and just basically take her like just do it take her and he's like make her yours yeah and then she goes and rollerblades off and kills this giant d2 with like two swipes of her blades and i'm like okay cool you're kind of a badass it was like it wasn't even rollerblades it was just like a single blade it was like a one wheel for a foot yeah, it was like a saw blade on her the bottom of her feet, basically. And then she just skated up the side of the mountain, jumped up, and did like a nice cross slice and explosion. By the way, fun fact, this show comes out on Tuesday. So I saw that there was a new episode tonight, and I was like, ooh, I'm not going to watch that yet. I don't want to discuss this tonight. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched the new one either. So it would have been, been too much to analyze, but yeah. So yeah. But all I know is if I don't get a like face full of jazz, just jazz all in my face for freaking that's gonna be god that's gonna be taken out of context but they're going to new orleans if i don't get a shit ton of jazz i'm gonna be so over this show well that's kind of i will be so disappointed i was kind of hoping for that piece too i mean they in a sense did that when they went to las vegas with like the very casino style they didn't have a lot of music though because you were thinking like vegas you think maybe would be like um some of like the older like rat uh what is it the rat pack kind of singing like the club style like songs playing but it was just kind of like casino it was just loud uh machines like and well it was it was a it was a good jazz track with like the the like slot machines, but I mean, if yeah. I think of Las Vegas now, I would think either a Rat Pack if we're going back in the day, or um, I mean, EDM has taken over uh, like Las Vegas yeah. a lot. I feel but I was, like I, I would I was hoping for like something more classic and stuff, but yeah, I mean, to your point though, New Orleans is big on jazz. It's a huge mecca for a very unique type of music genre like very bluesy too so yeah i mean i'm i'm banking on them having that in there so uh 
but yeah, I mean, it's and if they and if they get to Nashville and there's no like country or anything, then we're, we've got problems. Yeah. Like they they're basically gonna hit all of these major music cities other than what's up north, and if they don't capitalize on what those cities are, I'll be a little disappointed. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, if then if they hit up Detroit, it's got to be R and B and soul. Just saying, but yeah, so that's why it's in yeah. my fourth. I mean, the animation is beautiful. the The fighting is incredible. The music, it's there. Uh, I want more from it though, but yeah, it's definitely in my fourth. I'm gonna throw you a curveball though, and say Comey is my third. First of all, Comey is God. How dare you? <laughs> she is. How dare you? She is God. But continue. Uh, Comey is my third because the animation is stellar. The pacing is already good. Like it's it's not too fast. And I think it, it keeps you interested throughout each episode enough with introducing new characters and developing the already existing characters. And then obviously like having read the manga too, I know kind of like the progression of Comey and her relationship with these people too. So you're like, okay, you're starting to see those build as well. It's my third though, because I am fearful of what they're going to do with Najimi. And I'm also fearful that they can't keep this up. So I'm, I'm putting Comey as my third with an asterisk next to it. Meaning if they make it through the season and it continues as is, it will immediately jump to number one. Like, no questions asked. But we're yeah. halfway through. Well, actually, no, we're less than halfway through because we only have four episodes, I believe, right? No, we only have three, my dude. Oh, my God, we only have three. So, excuse me. We we're, only have three we're episodes. Only, we're only 25% of the way through this, the first season of Comey, which you can watch on Netflix, by the way. Um, Thank you for that. I completely forgot. <laughs> I forgot. I almost forgot myself. Uh, and I'm just, I'm wondering if they can keep up the quality of the first three episodes because you, there are times I'm not saying it's, it's a blanket sort of catch all objective. This is a very subjective thing I'm about to say, but there are times where you watch an anime and the quality dips, whether it's the animation quality, the storytelling quality, what have you, it can dip as the season progresses. If it's a matter of like, getting episodes out on time or budget or what have you. Like it, it does happen. Not saying this is going to happen to Comey, but here's the thing. And here's why I say it will not happen to Comey. Like I I do want to talk a little bit more in depth about my feelings about the show because it is my number one in a little bit. But um, yeah, this studio has got Pokemon money. Oh, there ain't no fucking way that they don't have the budget to keep this up again. But that's it's I'm just it's budget, right? That's one element to it. Okay, I am, and I'm not here. They saying, also have oh Netflix money. They also have Netflix Frank, money. Frank, I know, but I have the I'm, budget is I'm fine. Protecting myself, okay, and I'm protecting you too. I know how much you love the no, show. I know no, how no, much no. you love I've, this, I've, the manga. I've fallen, I've fallen trapped. I've fallen trapped to it. It's, I can't it's done. see you get hurt. I must protect my baby boy. It won't. It won't happen. There are other shows that will not hurt me, except they will all hurt me because goddamn is ranking of kings sad, and <laughs> goddamn is like just knowing everything about jobless reincarnation. It's like, uh. so I'm just again. It has an asterisk for a reason. It has to keep up the quality because because of the way the, sh- the like the type of show it is. 
it is it throws all its chips in on quality animation quality style choices care like storytelling too i mean those are all key elements like there's no big battle scenes they're not throwing in like a huge giant world that they have to build out right because it's basically centralized on their school and the neighborhoods surrounding the school it's you know very very small fragment of what could be a giant world they just have to hit it on every mark continuing on because they've done so so far they've got to keep it up it will become my number one once i can breathe easy and go okay yes it was perfect it was immaculate we can all agree it's at the top of the list but for now yeah number three um i'll i'll go into it real quick sorry i'm having a little bit of microphone problems um i'll go into it real quick just to kind because of, we're on the topic and i don't want the flow to go away like you'll have your two and one that you can talk about sure but um i just want to take my time here as to why this show not necessarily means a lot to me but why it's number one you hit the nail on the head in which yes the the it's gorgeous. It's it's one of the best produced shows this season. And I think because of the fact that OLM, who is the studio behind this, uh, they have all the Pokemon money in the world. They also have all the Netflix money in the world. Because, like, this studio has done, like, a handful of projects outside of just Pokemon. Like, you go to their My Anime List page, it's Pokemon 1997 Berserk. I think that's Berserk. No. Yeah, no, that's 1997 Berserk. And then, like, Odd Taxi and just a bunch of different, like, other anime video games. They've got the money. They have the budget to do this. I was scared, or I was scared. I was scared of uh, Najimi because of how he is in the source material. From this third episode, I truly do feel like that they are going to be, like, season one to, like, maybe three quarters of season one, they're going to focus on making a new friend each and every episode. And that's going to be the main plot of that episode. And then they'll have like little side shenanigans elsewhere. So I don't really feel like we do have to worry all too, too much about Najimi. There will be the occasional hijinks where you roll your eyes, but I don't think it's going to break the show. So I think that we're safe there until maybe the later part of the season. So I like, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, like, the character development is great, like, you you focus on, like, one of the friends or whoever the two characters that they're going to focus on or the one character they're going to focus on, and then they have, like, funny little scenes in between, like, before and after that. So this new episode, which, by the way, this is a warning to everybody about this show, because apparently people who haven't read, read the source material don't realize how, um... Not necessarily fan servicey it can get, but how horny some of the characters can be. Ah. Because like, yeah, this yes. past episode they they introduce a giddy, who is a girl who's very shy, just like Comey, but not as crippling as Comey. She more so just stutters her words and can't get her point across. However, she just like everybody else, treats Comey like a god. And then when she's like, I, I don't think I could be your friend, but I'll be your dog servant and just goes into these super horny things. And you're like, oh, my God, this girl, this girl is horny on Maine for sure. She's my favorite by far. She's oh, she's she's phenomenal. She's great. But it's just like 
I mean, like, you you can't say that she's great and then just talk shit about Najimi. Like, they're both just, like, really not great characters oh, for yeah. different instances. Yeah. However, I'm just afraid of the one character that you've been introduced to, you just haven't gotten really their name, who's even worse than Agiri, which you already know. And I told this to somebody, and they're like, who is it? Is it the ninja kid? I was like, no, no, no. I'm just going to wait for you to find out, and you'll know. Because there's there's Agiri who's horny on main, and then there's this other character who is horny on main. You're like, but oh a no, different type. Agiri is very like, step on me. The other one is just aggressive. Like I will take it from you. I need to see the panties now. Yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but, like I... they're not they're not a terrible like they're just kind of like Agiri. They're not a terrible character, and they do serve a purpose. Like they are for all intents and purposes, a good, like, character. But, like, this is just kind of a warning. This shit happens. It's not a very, like, it's a slice of life, but it's a, like, a couple of the characters in the slice of life are very horny. And, like, I feel like they could have explained that, like, or not, sorry, not explained that. They sort of explained that all these kids that are at this school are unique for a reason. And you're about to see why. Yeah. Because all of them are unique for a reason. Well, and that's what I was just going to make a note of, too, yeah. is that, like, you have a character in Komi that everyone adores, treats her like a god. Basically, everyone except Tadano and Najimi now uh, feels like they're inferior, can't even talk to her, can't even look at her, can't even breathe next to her. So you've got that coupled with the fact that the school, like you had just mentioned, is focused on ha- like not focused on but they basically recruit kids that are unique like in one way shape or form like if it's their characteristics or personality or what have you like these are very unique types of kids i don't know what the cre- like the terminology they use but like special <laughs> in a way yeah yeah unique individuals is i think how they pronounced it or the, how they they said it something along the lines of that yeah so you're you're you have that element mixed with the fact that there's one character that everyone is basically like groveling at so you're gonna get some weird interactions between the two and that leads to some of these fan service moments i'm not even gonna say characters because uh, having read the source material, like Agari is has a personality other than just being Comey's dog, uh, and it's actually very interesting and, and intriguing. Um, I we haven't gotten into the other character that we will leave anonymous so far for all of you who want to be surprised. Um, we ha- I haven't read into her character development more, but she's just again one of these other like very interesting oddball type characters. So. Yeah, if if it threw you off at the beginning, keep going. <laughs> is all I can suggest because it is. I really would just good. say keep going. I would just say keep going because like, if not like, I would say keep. Uh, let me just like I my brain is firing like a thousand thoughts a second right you get now. So excited over Comey, it's a it's. Okay. I do. I really fucking do. Like I. I think the second episode I stayed up until two, like not necessarily on purpose. I think I stayed up till midnight and then I woke up at one thirty for no apparent reason. I was just like, you know what? Comey comes out in 30 minutes. I'll stay up. <laughs> and I did. And I watched it. But um, 
No, I think continue watching the show just for the fact that once they get through all of those character kind of friend introductions for this class, that's more... I can't even say that's more so when the plot begins because the plot doesn't really start necessarily until season two, I feel like. I mean, we... Unless you're counting... Unless you're counting... Uh, okay, the main plot is Comey makes 100 friends. That is the plot. However... The character progression, how characters feel and how they interact with each other and how they feel about each other, that doesn't really start to show itself until season two. And I think season two will be a lot better. But I think continue watching the show just for the fact that season one is going to be a funny season. The characters you meet are going to be bizarre and you'll fall in love with them and you'll want to see how they, they progress later on because you do get a good glimpse into their lives later on. Yeah. So I think... If you like the characters in season one, you'll enjoy the rest of the show. Like, if you're enjoying what you're seeing, like, you're going to get more of this until the end of the season. And then once season two starts, you're going to get a little bit more of that plus some. Yeah. So, well, I mean, and if you think about it from your own experiences, for, for all of you who have gone through high school, like, imagine going to high school on your first day, not knowing people having to make new friends. I mean, that's basically how season one of Comey is going to progress. It's going to be you're introduced to new characters, you get the first sort of kindling of friendships, and you start seeing more interactions between the, like, I don't even want to call it centralized group, but, like, the, the core characters of the story. And then once that's developing because I'm not even going to say it's developed, because there's a continuing development of this relationship, you then get more into what you were saying, like the crux of the plot and story, which, again, won't yeah won't come until probably season two. But, I mean, that's normal. Like, it's high school. It would be, it'd be weird to watch a show where a character's like, I don't know anyone, and by episode two, they're like, I know everyone, and we're all great friends. It'd be, you know, a little offsetting. I mean, unless you're Najimi, because apparently that is Najimi. Everybody's yeah, a childhood friend. Childhood friend. That's the difference. Meh. Regardless, that is my number one show this season so far. Like, I, I love it, and I've fallen into the hole, and hell or high water, I'm going to enjoy this show. As I was saying, I'm screaming from the top of it, like, just be careful down there. I'll send water. Yeah, no. Put the lotion no, in the I'm, I've, fall, I've fallen down the well. Please do not pick me up puts the lotion on the <laughs> skin or else he gets the hose. Um, no, 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 no. We're, we're not Agiri, okay? Or put the, the other lotion character. in the basket. Um, Anyways. Continue with your number two and one, sir. So my two and one, I'm going to probably put... It's so hard. It's so hard comparing a slice of life and an isekai. Um, gosh. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to throw a curveball. My number two is Mashuko Tensei. So Ooh. that leaves my number one as my senpai is annoying. And I'll explain why. So Mushugo Tensei, great. I sped like I did a speed run through the first part of the season to catch up as the second part of the season has been released on Funimation. Um so I it like it, for me it's basically everything's been compressed into these last like month and a half, two months-ish of me watching it. So I haven't I didn't have a big break in between the first part on this part. So I guess that kind of plays into it in a sense. But the reason why it's my number two is sort of what you had alluded to before, which is it 
definitely feels like a complete sort of 180 from the first part of this of the show but in my opinion it's not a bad thing it's just not as gripping as the first part so first part was like it was basically just rudy growing up learning his powers building relationships uh, building the world out too yeah building yeah well I would argue this second part has built the world out immensely more, but yeah, building the the world that they were given definitely like developing it to the fullest extent that they could. Like they did a great job, like basically not leaving any stone unturned. Like it was superb from that aspect. Yeah. I guess let me rephrase building the rules of the world. Yes. How about that? Yeah. That's very well said. Yeah. Because I mean, that's a big part, right? Rudy can, can, Rudy's basically cheating at this game he's (laughs) cheating right now that's what he's doing but yeah but he can he can do magic without speaking or uttering the summoning words which is how magic is typically done um and even his mentor is like yeah that's a very strange ability and you will basically become a very great magician in the future because of this so just keep at it because i can't teach you anymore um you have also like the kind of fan servicey elements of it too, which is very intriguing. Uh, and I say intriguing. Yeah. Well, I say intriguing on purpose because they really build that personality into Rudy. Because again, this is it's an isekai, so our actual character dies and is reincarnated. As, it's like in his forties too when he dies. Yeah, I think early. So it's like 40s. a grown ass man and like a boy's body being a kind of perv, and it's just like, ooh, this well, feels a little. It, it's it's mm. it's very interesting too because the character is yeah he's he's a shut in because of the trauma that he faced in school and basically being ridiculed constantly, not having any real friends, not ever forming any relationships, and basically just confining himself into his parents into his room at his parents place and playing video games and becoming a shut-in and then yeah does a heroic thing where he's trying to warn a couple crossing the street of an oncoming vehicle like yells jumps out gets hit perishes and then is reincarnated as rudy so good old buscoon good old buscoon screaming down the street so like it makes sense why Rudy, again, because it's a 40-year-old man in the body of, I think Rudy is now 11. But, like, even they show Rudy as a baby and he's, like, given the old, like, pervy eye at the maid. And the maid was like, I never trusted I mean, even, that baby. Even before that, it's like he gets out the womb. He's like, oh, who's this busty lady? It's yeah. like, oh, this must be my mom. He's like, oh, shit, I'm a baby. Like, yeah. So it, it's it's weird how they did that, but again, like it plays into the fact that you know, this is a person who's retained their memories inside the body of a much younger boy in a different world. So again, they play into it; it makes sense. I digress. This see this part of the season, it just feels different. It's still Mushuko Tensei in the sense that like it's still action packed, it's adventure focused. There's a new threat in that they were transported into 
across the world basically and have to make their way back and we're foresh- you know there's foreshadowing as to the events that took place at back home and the eventual situation that they're going to come face to face with once they return home but it just feels different and it's not in a good way or not in a bad way it's just different and i can't put my finger on it but it there's just a weird feeling of them not like trying something new doing well at it but me being just like you should have just stuck with the original formula because you had something superb in that first part and you could have kept doing what you were doing and i would have loved it still but i like you know they took a chance i like the direction they went it's been very like traveling the different continents meeting new people it's just a lot quicker you're meeting someone next episode they're gone they're traveling again next episode they're meeting new people next episode they're gone whereas the first season was like you meet a character, this character is involved for three to four episodes. Like they're a huge focal point of a, like a giant chunk of the season. And you can really see the development of that character, the relationships with the already existing characters, how their relationships are going to impact future developments of like the story and that character's progression too. So like that element was lost in this season or this part of the season, I should say, because it's been adventure, traveling, exploration. That's kind of been the formula. So again, yeah, it's good. It's not bad. But they changed the formula just enough for me to be like, ah, it just feels different. It feels weird. Like I'm, I don't know. I've I've actually like I'm, and this is one of those things where I'm I'm going to be Lobo here, and I'm sorry, Lobo. If, anywho. <laughs> Having having read having read ahead, and when I say Lobo, him having read ahead for my hero, having read ahead, I understand why they've kind of been so short on these other characters, in which like the characters that they introduced to you in season one are your main characters. So, with it being season two now or season one part two, when they meet up with these characters, they do spend a good chunk of time with these people. So I think. Not necessarily like the forest and the the beast people, but with that whole village interaction, like that, like that interaction is important. Not necessarily later on, but that interaction is important and critical to the story. And then these past two episodes, they spend those two episodes on Rudy and Paul because they are the main characters or they were the main characters of season one that they developed out and they spent more time on them. And it's only going to be that way kind of going forward in which it's like adventure, travel, new city, meet people. And once you meet these people, like if they were in that season one, you're going to get a critical chunk of time spent with those people rather than like, okay, these are some kind of side characters. Here's their, you know, here's their strife. Here's their grief. Here's whatever their problem they're facing. Cool. We fixed it, moved on. Which, even then, that, like, I feel like everything, not necessarily a checkoff gun, but, like, everything they do, I feel like, comes back later on that is, like, referenced. Oh, so yeah. nothing kind of goes unturned in the show. Yeah, like, I, I know everything's done with a purpose. That's very clear in, in just how they set up the different interactions with the characters that we've met and also just the environments that they're meeting these characters into. Like, I, I, I can see 
as the season has progressed, the reasons as to why they've done it this way, it was just sort of a very big shock when you get sort of the ending to season, well, part one of the season into part two and how everything has progressed to this point of part two. Like, it's just a very, very stark difference. Again, not bad. I'm still very much enjoying the show. It's just, I don't want to compare it to the first part, but it's just not as good as the first part. I mean, okay, think of it as this. Instead of thinking of it as parts, think of it as season one. This is season one as a whole, because as, as a whole, this is season one. This is yeah. like when it, this when fall 2021 is over, it's going to be the end of season one of Jobless Reincarnation. So as a whole, they started the beginning of the season very strong in which they built out the world rules, built out these characters, fleshed out these characters, gave them a purpose, and then threw it all into the dumpster in which the calamity happened. And now they're like picking up the pieces and going on an adventure to try and find all these people for all intents and purposes are trying to get back home yeah so i think with them trying to get back home it's something that was i mean i don't know if it was you or logo or who when i was discussing it it's boring to watch travel so it makes sense as to why they're skipping ahead through time which to me really bugged me at first but you know when i think about that more and more yeah i really don't want to see them walking through a desert for an entire episode kind of like a I don't need a, a Mushroom Samba episode of Cowboy Bebop with them just like, I'm hungry and trying to find food and, you know, finding an enemy to kill and eat at the, and then the episode ends. Like, Listen, I guess I, like I don't necessarily need, oh, I love Mushroom Samba. That was just the first thing that, <laughs> that popped into my head because it was such a random nonsensical episode. I mean, I guess a better one would have been like the, the fridge episode of Cowboy Bebop, but that's neither here nor there. Like, I agree with your points and I agree that the pacing was a bit off, but like knowing what I know now, like the pacing is still off, but it gets a lot better. And that's all I will say. Like if you're enjoying this now, you're going to enjoy it even more. Oh, I have forward. I have no doubt it. Yeah. Again, I will explain why my senpai is annoying is my number one, but again, it's hard to compare an isekai with a slice of life. It's just this one because of, and again, I, I, said it sort of at the beginning too but like because i've watched it all in a row i didn't have that sort of gap period to reflect like it just feels different it's not a bad thing too like i'm excited on how everything's progressing like i can't wait to see what unfolds when they finally make it back home because it's going to be juicy and i can't wait to see the ramifications of some of the actions that took place while they were off in the demon continent coming to life when they return. Like it's going to be superb. It's just so different. It's going to be superb. Oh, 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 I see what you did. Good there. pun. Good pun. Good pun. Good pun. But yeah, I, I like it, but to go into my number one and explain why I like it in a very brief amount of time, I just have to say like, I am floored by how good this show is and i wouldn't even categorize it as a sleeper like i feel like other people are watching it because it has all the correct elements of a slice of life that you want it has a great environment because it takes place in an office setting i've said it countless times now that's very unique you don't get to see office life a lot in shows 
And I think they do it really, really well with showcasing like the differences between how characters interact with each other at an office versus outside, like in different settings. Do you have that element? You have the characters themselves. They have such unique personalities and seeing how they interact with one another and the friendships and bonds that they build with one another and how they go about those relationships like differently too. Like you have this giant hulking person who is the senpai of this very small petite woman and her personality is very bubbly, very uplifting. But when she interacts with him, she's very like stern, very like not coarse per se, but like she's kind of aggressive towards him. And he's just this big cuddly bear to her, but to others, he's, you know, very regimented, very strict. So it, I like those elements too. They obviously play into the relationships between characters, like our main two characters, some of the, uh, the some of the other ancillary characters too, and their relationship building. So you have that aspect. And then the animation itself is for a slice of life. It's really good. I love it. <laughs> I love the the dialogue that the characters have with one another. I love how they really play into especially when it comes to food, the different like animation styles in food and the settings like for the restaurants too. It's just it's superb. Like through and through, it's a great slice of life. It's superb. It's no, that you the that one was already passed. I'm making it a thing now. No, I'm making it a it's thing. It's not it's not a thing. But it's don't look at me like that. Um, like I, I can't speak more about it. And I have realized now that I've become like a slice of life, like magnet, I guess, because I'm still watching Aquatope, which is still incredible. And I love Miss Kobayashi. And the only slice of life I didn't so like with was, you, I've been playing uh, science for 300 years, but that one's Garbo. Yeah, that was that was Garbo. Anywho, I would characterize um, that as a shitty isekai, by the way, just to so save real, myself. That's true. That's true. Just to put it in a different category. It doesn't <laughs> exist. Um, real quick, then, uh, what is your favorite slice of life? Just to kind of give us a little background with what oh, you my. what you like. I oh god, that's so hard. Because personally, for me, mine is Toradora. I Toradora. fucking love Toradora. I've I think I watched it for the first time last year. And I've watched it like two times since, and I'll probably I'm probably gonna rewatch it this year because that Christmas episode is fucking amazing. Like the I, it's if you've never seen it, go watch it. It's right. on Netflix. It's great. All right, I'll put it on my watch list then. I for me, man, that's so hard. I'm gonna. Go, By the way, what? yes, I know. I know Torador is the most vanilla slice of life ever. Whatever, <laughs> sue me. I love it. It's okay being vanilla. Vanilla is is fine. If I mean, if that's what you want to be, then you know, whatever. Don't mix it up in your life and don't be creative. Um, I would say that mine. You know what? Yeah, I I, I think, I think this one's it. Yeah, I I'd have to say mine's Dagashikashi. Uh, solely for the fact that I I, I would hope so. Oh, because of the with tattoo. what you just did, <laughs> yeah, you well, just got a tattoo. For all, so for I would hope you, so. For all of you listening, I'm, I'm getting a, a half sleeve done of some of my favorite characters, and my tattoo artist loves food, so we've done anime characters and food. So I'm finding all these different characters for food. So I have um, Haruko Harahara from the first episode eating ramen, and then um, I just have 
uh, just got Hotoru done. For those of you who don't know, that's Fully Cooly. Yes, sorry, Fully Cooly. So I have a Fully Cooly and a Dagashikashi tattoo, and I'm going to get four more part of the sleeve, which is exciting. So I have to come up with more characters. But yes, I think Dagashikashi is probably my favorite slice of life because I think the entire premise of the show is is the most unique out of any slice of life I've seen. It's all focused on snacks and treats. That's the entire show. But they do it wonderfully where not only are you learning about these snacks and treats and sort of the history behind them because Hotaru is this like I guess like library of knowledge when it comes to different snacks and treats throughout the throughout Japan but the setting is perfect it's in a very small rural town a very small shop the interactions between these characters is hilarious through and through uh yes there are fan servicey elements to it but I think it's done in a somewhat funny way. I wouldn't even say tasteful. It's more just they lean more heavily on the comedic side of it all. But I like the animation's gorgeous too. I think playing into the rural aspect of the show, you have you know not a big bustling city. It's very much more like woods, beach vibes. Um, it's kind of like a beach town almost too. So it's just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful scenery, beautiful animation. And it's about snacks. What, I mean, what more could you want out of a anime, a slice of life than to have it be about snacks? It's perfect. So my, my question to you real quick, before we sign out of here, Uh because we are over time. Have you seen Kagura Sama? Kagura Sama. I don't think so it's on it's on funimation it might be elsewhere dagashi is on love... funimation by the way too everyone is it i thought that was maybe mm, yeah i think i watched it on country roll back in the day i don't know where it's on it but might anywho. have switched over but it's on funimation now yeah yeah i would for you the two slice of life i'd suggest to you because they are the probably most popular ones currently uh tor well not currently torador is old torador because it is like the classic like everybody loves torador it's a very well done show and then kagura sama which is just a straight up comedy slice of life it is fucking hilarious i also like the uh delusions it's like Ch- chinobi love chinobi and other delusions too that yeah i watched one. season i watched season one of that and it was good but it like it didn't want me to watch like it didn't hold me to watch season two i suppose yeah there's a character funny enough there's a character in Komi that is basically the lead character from the um chinobi god i forgot i forgot that yeah she's <laughs> yeah. in there i forgot all about that like she pops in every once in a while and you're like oh yeah she's this a, character exists she's a fun they character. are they are a good character i do like that character yeah. but speaking of characters Thank you, characters, for joining us this week. We hope you had a good time. Tell us what you, you're watching by, uh, by you know, tweeting at us at Bakako Company. Or no, wait, what? No, god damn it, Baka and Co. I, right? But no, our Twitter's Bakako Podcast. Oh yeah, it's Bakako Podcast. You can join our Discord there. It's small. Just yell at us. Do whatever you want. The just tell us what you think of the show. That'd be great. We are, we're always looking for feedback. Um. We'll be live again on Monday. We took Monday or yesterday off because I went to bed the earliest I have in probably two years in which I was in bed by nine. I mean, you can be honest. You can be honest with those listening. You got murdered by pasta. 
basically. I did. Yeah. I did get murdered by pasta, but I also was in bed by nine and asleep before ten, which I haven't done in years. So I got a standing up until two a.m. Back in my day, I had to walk uphill in the snow to school backwards without my shoes Uh, on because we didn't have both ways. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, so. Sorry we didn't record yesterday. Uh, I'll get this up ASAP either probably by Thursday, I'd say, at the latest. If not tomorrow. Um, Tomorrow being Wednesday. But we'll be back on Monday with another live recording uh, on my Twitch channel at Frankfurter. And come yell at us there. You can yell at us live. Yeah, you can come yell at us live. We won't. Well, actually, I'll probably type to you live, but I won't won't acknowledge you on the show. But until next time. What? We'll give them dirty faces. Like oh, legs. dirty faces. I thought you said look at our pretty faces. I was like, speak well, for yeah, yourself. Well, yeah, they have to look at our pretty faces while we give them a dirty face. Come on, keep up, Frank. Keep up with me. Not as keep dirty of a face as over, Overlord fans are oh, getting. Oh, wait, no, real quick, before we end this, I forgot. There's a new season <laughs> coming on I tried to make a joke. There's a new season coming on 2022. No. We have it. You can't make now fun I of can't, it anymore. I yes. can't make my jokes anymore. Ah. Until, until next time, Spark Triumph. We'll see you then. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Back up. Back up.